The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA Wednesday Buffet Edition. I'm your host, Matt Moore. You can find me on Twitter at HP Basketball, joined by the one and only, the nefarious contrarian, the upstart of Degenerate Nation, Raheem Palmer. Raheem, how's it going, man? Everything's good. I mean, we're having a great start to the NBA season. I can't complain. It's the best thing in the world, so I'm happy. <laughs> so today's show, what we're going to do is we will talk uh, about our big marquee event. We will go through the Wednesday night slate. We're recording this on Tuesday. We have early lines provided to us, and we will talk about those early lines for the Wednesday night games in our buffet segment. And then at the end, we're going to do crazy pills where I have something that I just have to ask if I'm completely out of my mind. But let's get started with the big marquee in the NBA. And that Raheem is Steph Curry. So Steph goes off for 62 versus the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the Steph back memes are all over the place. The your apology needs to be as loud as a disrespect uh, is out there as well. We have all of these things. Uh, then he follows it up with a performance versus the Kings. Uh, in which he basically he goes off for like 92 points through seven quarters, which and just, you know, looks every bit back the step back three pointers, the half court for 35 footers. Uh, he's slicing through the lane, all of this stuff. I will ask you two questions. One is Steph back. And two, does this mean the Warriors are back? Steph is definitely back. I never had any doubts of whether he would be able to perform. I just thought the team around him was just so bad. Like, I always think back, and this is, this is, this is the example that I always give. He scored 47 points in game three of the 2019 finals. You know, Clay didn't play that game. He had very little, little shooting around him. And they weren't remotely competitive. You know, they go into the 2019-2020 season and they're just getting torched by everybody. So I never thought it was a matter of what Steph did. It's a matter of the guys around him can shoot. But I think that the one thing that's clear to me is that Draymond has made a huge difference. Guys are starting to buy in. Kelly Oubre and, and Andrew Wiggins are finally starting to hit shots. So I think there'll still be a mediocre team. They, there'll be a candidate for the play-in game. But I'm not really getting too optimistic past that. <laughs> So I think that there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. Um, one, the Draymond effect is very real, and there's been some writing already done on that. But one thing that I, when I went back and I watched, Draymond's energy in terms of knowing that Steph is on and looking to get him involved, like racing into the front court, doing the quick handoff, you know, re having Steph relocate, like Draymond knows him enough to be like, we just got to keep feeding him. And he will break the offense more than any other player. I think the rest of those guys are not used to the Warriors. And so they're very much like, okay, we're just going to run our offense now. Like, this is what we're doing. And Draymond's like, no. Like, yes. <laughs> we're getting stuff the ball. Like, and we're going to use the way that they're going to freak out over stuff to get everybody else going. Give me the ball. And his playmaking, I think, is what they needed as an option. Like, there's been this question raised of, 
who's more important, honestly, for Steph? And is it Clay or is it Draymond? Because Clay drags, like Clay punishes all of that gravity that Steph absorbs mm-hmm. by being that weapon that you have to stay home on him. But by the same token, if there's nobody to make the play to get Curry the ball to make that read, then it doesn't matter because when Steph, this was, got, I got real frustrated with the, with the conversation about Steph because it was a lot of like, why are they not just running pick and roll with Steph? Why is he playing off ball, this, that, and the other? That's what you want. That's where he's great. Like when he was trying to run pick and rolls up top and just missing, like it was, ju- he was just wide. And when you get him going in those things where he's hitting you from all different angles, that's where mm-hmm. Steph's comfortable. Yeah. Um, I think when we look at this and if we want to take this from an actionable perspective, uh, the Warriors' odds are plus 2,500 now to win the NBA title. Um, I bet them at plus 1,600 back before Clay got hurt. I'm sorry, you're crazy. <laughs> Whoops. Um, look, I liked it before Clay got hurt. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't feel great after. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that right now there's value on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an angle for you I'll talk about it in a minute. <clears throat> but I will say this. Mm-hmm. We see the steps back. That fundamentally changes their ceiling. Mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre is not going to continue to shoot this poorly. Like, everybody's yes. getting jokes off about Kelly Oubre and how bad mm-hmm. he's shooting. That's not who he is. The guy has mm-hmm. been consistently above 35% the last couple of seasons. He turned into a very good player in Washington. He's been a plus defender the last two spots that he's made. He's been mm-hmm. a plus defender this season in Golden State. The bench is going to get better as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Wiggins is my bigger question. Like I, so, I, I just mean, don't know if it, what you for me. What do you think? Is, what do you think their ceiling is realistically right now? I'm looking at a play-in game scenario for them. Like, so okay, here's the thing. You're, I think you're looking at this more from how good are they? Like, oh, they're not better than like a play-in team. Yeah. But look at who they just thrashed: mm-hmm. the Blazers and the Kings. This isn't about what they're going to do Wednesday. Mm-hmm. versus the Clippers. We don't have a lot gotcha. of that, by the way, because we don't know the Clippers are on a back-to-back because the NBA keeps scheduling the Clippers on a back-to-back because they love just screwing everybody. Watch audience, betters, everyone by putting the Clippers on back-to-backs on national TV. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not about how they do versus that. It's not about how they do versus the Lakers. It's not about how they're going to match up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking you, like, rank and file. Is their offense going to be better than the bad offenses in the league? Oh, without a doubt. I, I think defense is going to be better than the bad offenses in the league. I think the defense is still going to be awful. Um, okay, the, the defense can be bad. Portland's worse. Oh, Minnesota's without a doubt. Worse. They're slightly below Portland. Like that's, that's how I'm ranking them right and now. I guess, but I guess like, the other thing I would, I would say is, like, if we get into this, and, like, look, you know, the, the playoff spots in the West, like mm-hmm. Lakers, Clippers, Suns, we got we to put them at the top right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I'm assuming the Nuggets figure it out. Mm-hmm. But Dallas, we don't know about. Utah, we can put in. That's five. Mm-hmm. Are we absolutely sold on Houston, given the situation? I'm, I'm sold on Houston. Okay, so that's six. Now, I'm not willing to go there because I, Steph, Harden may just be like, no, I told you I want out. James Harden, strip club Olympian. And we're especially, we're seeing a little bit now that there's there, the Mavericks game was an inflection point in that the conversation today is all about like, wow, mm-hmm. Christian Wood's awesome offensively, but I mean he can't defend, can he? And I'm like, yeah. no. So if you're talking about, like, okay, like the Rockets aren't going to be able to defend. Like their, their switch scheme, the entire league has gone away from switch. Switch percentage is down by about five percentage points year over year. The thing with the Warriors, Warriors if, if, if Curry gets COVID or he gets hurt, it's like, that's done. Like the odds sure. for them to make the, the postseason are plus 124. Sure, but if Harden gets hurt, what happens? If Jokic gets hurt, what happens? Like, uh, I mean, I think they have ways of winning without those guys. 
Not like consistently, I, I don't think. And I, and I think the other thing is, like, if we're going to look at Houston and Denver, two bad defensive teams, and you're saying, yeah, but their offense is so good. If Steph's doing this, the offense is good enough. Like, I think fair. it's there. I do have, before we, we go on to the next segment, I do have a prop for you. At BetMGM, the official betting partner of the Action Network podcast, you can get division to win the NBA title, and the Pacific is still plus money at plus 125. So if we got the Lakers, mm-hmm. we got the Clippers, and we the throw Suns. in the Warriors make a midseason trade, some team talks himself into Andrew Wiggins, like Steph goes supernova, Kelly Oubre like, picks up his game, like the regression hits, like Wiseman keeps developing, they get the right series of matchups. Okay, throw all that in. I'm still getting plus money on Pacific Division. I like that. You have the Suns. You have the Suns. And and I think. And the Suns. Like the Suns, to me, they got the second best defense in the league. Mm -hmm. I love the Suns. (laughs) So that Pacific Division plus 125 uh, after this podcast, I think I'm probably going to add to my futures position. I like Uh, that. I think I might take that too. (laughs) It's time. Welcome to the NBA Wednesday night buffet. Let's eat, Reem. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. I'm going to stab your ass with this fork. Do you hear me? I would love that. Chew and swallow. No savoring. Okay. Here's how this is going to work. We each have a theoretical, theoretical, $100 to work with. You have to take two sides and you have to take a total. Got to have a balanced meal. Can't be all sides. Can't be all totals. You get, get too full. Don't fill up on bread. Two sides and a total. And then from there, you can distribute out whatever you want. So what's your biggest position Biggest position actually just moved. Like right now, as we were just talking about it, the Suns play the Raptors tomorrow. I love the Suns. They just moved from two and a half to three and a half worldwide. Like it just happened about 30 seconds ago. I love the Suns. The Suns have one of the best defenses in the league. They're they're holding teams to 104 points per 100 possessions. I love them. They're going up against the Raptors team. That's 27th in offense. I think that's a great spot for them. The Raptors can't beat a depleted Boston Celtics team that's coming off a of back-to-back. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm fading the Raptors. I'm also, I'm going to stick with that same game. I like the under on that game. I think, Ooh. I think um, it's 218 right now. There's a little difference in opinion in the market. Like one book has 217, one book has 218. I personally make the game 216. For me, I, I just don't see how the Raptors consistently score on his son's defense. I think the Suns, the Suns play the slowest pace in the league. The Raptors want to run, but I think, you know, with Chris Paul out there, he keeps the pace low. And if the Raptors can't get out in transition, they won't be able to score. So I'm taking it under 218. My numbers make it 216. So that's where I'm going with it. What does your model have the line at for Suns Raptors? My model actually has it at about three. Okay. So it's just, um, it's right around where the market is. Of course, you know, as we were talking, I was going to give out two and a half, but it just moved. But I still think, based on the Raptors' offense, I don't think they're going to be able to consistently score on this team. I'm interested why the model is kicking that out and why this number, because when it popped at three, like I tweeted it, I was like, that's bait. Like that just seems, that's so low. Like that's one of the reasons I, I kind of want to stay away from it is mm-hmm. because like I look at that and I'm just like, how, like the Raptors are fundamentally different this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and looked at some numbers. They are last season. They were the, the last two seasons. They've been the most diverse defensive team in pick and roll situations. They can switch. They can run zone box and one. Uh, they can blitz. They can hedge. They can contain. They can ice. They can drop this mm-hmm. season. They're back up to basically being like, nope, they're a drop team because mm-hmm. nurse knows he can't ask his bigs Boucher and the other dudes 
they can't do what Ibaka and Gasol did. They don't have the experience to manage mm-hmm. those schemes and know where they need to be. So they're just like, this is what most NBA teams do in the regular season is let's just drop because we'll contain the big. If mm-hmm. one guy goes off, we're going to try and stay home on the shooters. We'll protect the rim, right? Like we're going to get the shots that we want. And if we get absolutely torched by a point guard, which there are a lot in this league, we'll be able to, to overcome that. And there are teams that run the differences in a good drop versus a bad drop are very high. I also just think though, that the, un, them being undersized with Lowry and Van Vliet, <clears throat> now that they don't have Ibaka, now that they don't have Gasol, now that Siakam is struggling the way that he is, they just don't have uh, the kind of athleticism to counter with their size. Exactly. The defensive numbers aren't bad for Toronto. They're good. They're just not I- as good. I think I think the biggest thing that people don't realize is that even when they get a stop this season, they can't rebound the ball. They're last in rebound percentage. Right. Aiden, Aiden should be big there. I watched this. I watched the Pelicans game the other day. The Raptors battled back from a ten point deficit, and they actually took a two point lead, but they couldn't get the rebound. Like the Pelicans got three offensive rebounds in the last minute and a half, and was able to tie the game. So I just think when you're playing against Aiden. You're just in a tough spot. So even if they manage to, you know, slow down Devin Booker or slow down Chris Paul or, you know, Mikel Bridges doesn't shoot lights out from three, they're going to they're going to struggle to get the rebound. And I just I, I think it's a bad spot for them. I'm going to continue to fade the Raptors. I know you um you faded them the other day and I jumped on board as well. So I think it's an under game and I, I love the Suns. OK, give me numbers. How much of your hundred are you putting on this? I'm going to split them, you know, 33, 33, 33 between um, all three bets. Okay. Got to keep it consistent. That's definitely an approach a lot of people like. All right. My first one, my big bet uh, of the Wednesday night buffet, I am going to chow down on the under in Washington, Philly. When you do this for real, don't ever say that. It's at 231 right now. The market thinks of the Wizards as one thing. And the actual team is doing another. So this is like the big thing for me. The Wizards have right now the number one expected field goal percentage allowed by an opponent, as in the lowest. They have the actual sixth highest. So what we're seeing is teams are shooting the lights out on low percentage shots. That's like the the basics that the numbers are coming down to. Now, that's not always going to regress because you could just be bad at defending. Like if you don't get a hand up, NBA players are going to make shots. I get Mm -hmm. that. But I got a bunch of paths to my under here on 231. The Sixers defense has been absolutely the most dominant. They are the only team with a sub 100 defensive rating in the NBA this season. They have been the most dominant defensive team. There are a bunch of defenses I like. I wrote an article about a bunch of East defenses on Action Network. I didn't get into the Sixers because I ran out of time, but their ice coverage is so good where they're basically just keeping you out of the middle with Embiid, forcing you to the sideline. Everybody's locked in. Everybody's playing great. I still think Ben Simmons is going to be a key guy for defensive player of the year. Their defense is awesome. So they may just absolutely, like if they make Russ into a shooter, this game's going under. Like they'll stay home on Bertans, who has honestly been a little bit off this season. Um, mm-hmm. They'll they'll stay home on Beal. Like they have the guys to lock down on Beal because so much of what Beal does is one on one or in pick and roll coverage. They'll make things tough on Beal. So there's a path for the under where you know the Wizards only wind up putting up two ten. Like I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, like the yes, the Sixers should eat, but the Sixers offense in general 
it's just rarely going to put up absolutely massive numbers. Even if the Wizards have breakdowns versus Seth Curry and Simmons gets out in transition, like Thomas Bryant's been underratedly pretty good defensively this year. He'll get beat by Embiid. Embiid's better. I get it. Like he'll body him and he'll score a lot. That's fine. But if Embiid's scoring, that means they're not taking threes, and that's fine. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to get into it in a two-point battle as long as we're doing – uh, as long as I'm trying to get the under. So with this at 231, it's actually already moved up to 232 the last time I checked before this podcast, and that was early. Like, mm-hmm. if this thing keeps bumping, like, I will look at it. Like, I'm going to be looking for the under. Uh, I've already gotten in on it at 231. I'm mm-hmm. going to get into it. If it goes any higher, I'll probably go a little bit smaller on it, but I'm putting 35 on that one. I wanted to comment on that game because yeah. I think that was an interesting game because they played on opening night. It closed, um, I think it was 220. The Sixers put up 113. The Wizards put up 107. But the Wizards went 8 of 28 from 3. So I think that's why the total is, is staying at that point because they pretty much opened the line the same exact place. I think it was 231 before um, Sixers minus 7.5. So I think the path towards the Wiz- towards this game going over is the Wizards shooting a better percentage from 3. Now, the Sixers went out there and, you know, they went 13 of 27 from three-point range. But my numbers actually make this game 233. But I like your explanation of it. So for me, if I'm betting this total, I want to wait it out a little bit, see if the public pushes it a little higher before I jump in. Yeah, the other thing I would say is I think there's a pretty good chance that the Sixers just absolutely beat the snot out of them. And then we got garbage time. And we mm-hmm. got the under on garbage time as nobody can make a shot. Like that's, that's like another, that's another, mm-hmm. that's another path to get me there. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your last chunk for on your going on your plate for the buffet? I'm going to go with, oh, I hate to do this, but I'm going with the Miami heat. Oh boy. This is, this is just a bad scheduling spot for the Celtics. They, they're playing three and four nights. They just beat a, a, a Raptors team. They had, they struggled with Detroit all weekend. It's a short price on, on the heat at home, laying two and a half people thinking this is a revenge spot. I don't see it. I think the Heat are a deeper team. I think they they go in, they go in there and they just beat up on the Celtics. Um, it's not really a number play. It's more of a, a situational spot for me. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> um, I like Brad Stevens' teams when things get when there's adversity. So that's mm-hmm. like I, I'm going to talk myself. They're going to come up in a minute after I get through the rest of my of my stuff. I want to stay away from this game. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm going to talk myself into it for for my last bet of, of the buffet. I will just say this. I don't think that Miami – so Miami's numbers are all out of whack. They're shooting worse than they should be because they're getting good quality shots, but their defense is still better than it should be. So, like, you have, like, this disparity in where they're at. The thing is just, like, I feel like a lot of people – and this is one of the reasons that I was a little bit down. I wanted to go, go down on the heat. I wound up going over on their win total because I was just like, let's keep this simple, Eric Spolstra. But I will say this, like – Everyone was really high off of the bubble. Dragas doesn't look like that dude anymore. Like he's gone back. Like he, he Ban- Hulk has turned back into Banner with Goran Dragic. Jimmy's always going to coast in the regular season because he's got to because of how many miles Tibbs put on him. Um, Duncan Robinson's insane. Like he's just crazy when he gets hot. But they are missing. Like they're filling in. They're having to play more of the younger guys. When you look at them in a regular season context, when it's not matchup based. They're not that awesome. And they're still relying a lot on, on like Iguodala now has to play more minutes and Iguodala is like, it's getting shaky there with how old he is. I just think that uh, the biggest thing for me is I think this line should be lowered. I am model on it. 
I just feel like this is closer, especially the Celtics. I will, will maintain much like I will maintain the Bucks should have won versus the Raptors. The Celtics should have won last year. Like they, they had that team outplayed except for one quarter in the first two games. And that wound up being the series. Mm-hmm. I like the matchups in general. I like Thompson being able to battle bam. Um, I like Brad Stevens spots. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. My second spot on the buffet, you know, I'm a doubter for the Atlanta Hawks. I've been a doubter. I'm going to stay a doubter. I'm not convinced on this team. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Why are they only laying six to the Charlotte Hornets? Why, why are they only laying six at home to the Charlotte Hornets? What, is, what, do you, what does your model have this at? I bet it's in line, but what does your model have it at? If I just use this year's numbers, like no priors, I actually have it at nine. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> and so – Unless there's an injury, and like again, we're recording this on Tuesday. You mm-hmm. want to wait and make sure that you've got all of the information covered. Follow the Fantasy Labs NBA on Twitter. It's going to get you the up to date information by the second of what you need to know about that. Get the Labs Insider stuff from Jan- from Justin Fan. He adjusts everything based off mm-hmm. of if a guy is going to play or if he's not going to play. You can see the impact on the line, the lineups, the minutes, everything. You can find angles based off of all this stuff. But if we're if the, unless uh, Trey Young is not playing. And I got, I'm getting, I only have to lay six to Charlotte. I got to lay less than two possessions. This Charlotte team continues to get, I don't get it. They've been overrated in almost every game this season. Like the Hornets are almost an auto fade for me because the market just will not adjust. I I don't, I don't quite understand it either. Um, I've definitely faded them in spots against Oklahoma city. It's, I mean, but they, they beat Brooklyn. So (laughs) They did beat Brooklyn. Good for them. But, I mean, they're 2-5 and five ATS on the season, including that one. Um, you know, they're, they're with an average line. Like, their average line is they're basically a four-and-a-half-point dog every game, uh, and they're losing by five. Like, they're not even out, outpacing that, even with some of these outlier performances. And look at who they've played. Like, Cavs, Thunder, got the Nets win. Mavs, who haven't been playing well. Grizzlies. And then got stomped by the Sixers. Like, uh, the market has just not real like it, and, there, and there's reason. no Cody Zeller either. Zeller's they don't out. have Cody Zeller, by the way. So that's just huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> huge. It's huge. You know, and in this matchup, I, I love the way that the Hawks wings are playing. One of the reasons I faded the Hawks is I was like, I like Reddish and Hunter, and they're not going to play those guys because they brought in Bogdanovich and Gallinari, but they're still playing Reddish and Hunter a ton. And those guys are playing really well. It's helping their defense quite a bit, even though I think it's going to fade as the season goes on. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting in a, a pretty big chunk. So I, I put down uh, – I had I had 35 on the Washington Philly under. I'm going 30 on Atlanta minus six. Uh, I am taking 15 on the Celtics plus three. Uh, just 15 bucks because I, I've been screwed by the heat so many times. It's just <laughs> – it's a pain. I just – for me, it's just a situational spot. I, I'm really big. I think that's, that's the one thing that I like to capitalize on NBA. And it's like, unfortunately, you know, with the way they're changing the schedule, like it's dying a slow death. But so, I'll play a situational spot three yeah, or four so nights. I, I mean, Justin Fan, who's a better better than me. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and put that out there. But Justin Fan is better better than me. Like that's that's what he does. He looks for the spots. He looks for the injuries. He looks for the for the opportunities. Mm-hmm. My problem is is like having watched the league night to night to night. The big one of the big takeaways I took was there are certain teams whose whole identity is they get up for adversity spots. The Nuggets are like this. Brad Stevens mm-hmm. Celtics are like this. Uh, I expect Monty Williams' sons to be like this a little bit. 
where mm-hmm. their coaches are able to instill in them. One of the reasons I like Boston and back-to-backs is I actually heard an interview years ago where Stevens outright said, he said, those are schedule losses. If we convert those to wins, mm-hmm. it's huge for our total output. That like long-term view is how you should look at the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, now this one's tougher because they just came off that big win versus the Raptors. It's a letdown spot. I just simply don't think that the heat as they are right now are three points better. Like that's fair. If it's picking one, if it it wasn't for the schedule spot, I would stay off this game. Yeah. I hear because actually, I mean, my model actually makes it a pick them. So you're right. But I just think the the coming off the schedule spot. And then also the big win against the Raptors, like to me that just, and they had to fight back. Like the Raptors came out and made six of eight threes in the first quarter and they were down heavy and they had to right. fight back. So it's just like the spot is just, it's just a horrible spot for me. And I just, I have to fade that. And if they beat me, I can live with it. So the, 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 the cap was right. The result was wrong. I, I, I feel that. Um, my last bit, I got 30 bucks. I'm trying to get ahead of you early in our contest here. That's going to be going throughout the season. Uh, I'm going on parlay. I'm going parlay hunting. Reem. Okay. Putting 30 on the Pacers money line versus the Rockets. They're at home. And the Suns minus one forty nine. Uh, that's going to get me a solid payout of plus money. Get me up there. It's going to return me all over fifty eight dollars in profit. I'm here for this. Uh, I'm taking Pacers and Suns. Now the problem is Road Dogs this season are twenty seven and thirty. They're thirty four and twenty three ATS. Road Dogs have been hot. So like, and I've I've learned over time, <laughs> especially since going to action, you don't want to be too early on the trend. Uh, you don't want to be too early on, on going back on it. Like this is one of the problems I think with Washington. That's why I'm worried about that Washington. Uh, that's why I'm not taking Washington on um, spreads right now is I'm mm-hmm. like, I have to see them play better defense. They should play better defense. Their defense should improve based off of the numbers, but I got to see it. And once it turns, it'll probably start to regress in that same pattern. And I can start to go in, but I'm waiting on that but I'm going to go ahead and get away ahead of the road dogs one here. I just feel like the Pacers are playing great basketball right now. Even that TJ Warren, I know it's a letdown spot after a really good win versus the Pelicans in overtime. I get that. Uh, they do have the day off. I, the Rockets are on the road. The, like the Rockets are without Daniel house. That's a big kind of key component to this. They are, have a short rotation anyway. I love the bigs versus wood uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Tucker, like Turner or Sabonis should be able to really do some stuff. Um, I like the Pacers trap concept. Like they're playing a lot up at the level of the screen. That'll do well versus Harden, get the ball out of his hands and make other people make plays. Turner, who I think is defensive player of the year right now can recover on wood. So uh, I like that spot for the Pacers. Uh, I'm with you on the Suns in terms of, I just think that the Suns, I like being able to just take the money line here. I don't have to worry about the Raptors sneaking in. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about Fred Van Vliet doing some nonsense. I just got to get the win. And actually, you know, um, I don't I hate Fred good, Van Vliet, by the way. I don't. The good thing him. about the Pacers in this spot is that Turner only played 23 minutes the other night because he was just in foul trouble the whole night. So I right. think, I think you, you have guys who are fresher than, you know, they normally would in this, in this spot. So I'm not mad at it. I mean, my model makes it, you know, it's Pacers minus 2.2, so it's kind of right on line. Um, as always with Rockets games, it really just depends on how well they shoot. Um, so it's just like a, that's they're always one of the more frustrating teams for me, yeah. Um, to bet. All right, we have consumed our W our NBA Wednesday night 
buffet. Raheem, I have to ask you a question. Am I taking crazy pills? And now, am I taking crazy pills with Matt Moore? Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Portland, as we record this on a Tuesday, and they may, they may destroy Chicago, who's got a bunch of COVID issues. They're on the road. I get it, okay? Chicago's not a good team. I think they'll improve as the year goes on. Portland's a nine and a half point favorite versus the Chicago Bulls on Tuesday night. Okay. The Blazers are two and four ATS and they are eight points under in the margin ATS. This team, I, I was railing against them in preseason because everybody was like, Oh, this is a top four seed. This is going to be one of the best teams in the Western conference. Stotts realized that the defensive scheme of drop, which they played under David, David Vanderpool, who's now an assistant with the wolves. Good coach a little bit too dedicated to the drop. The drop was killing them because you just can't contain anybody in the playoffs. Like it's just a problem. And in the regular season, honestly, like you're just allowing too much space. So his counter was to kind of go towards what the Nuggets did. The Nuggets said, they asked Nikola Jokic, they said, Hey, we're like, how are you comfortable defensively? And Jokic said, I don't like dropping. I don't know whether I need to get a hand up or get back or go to the other guy. I want to attack. Like I've got quick hands. So they started playing him at the level. And that's been really effective for Denver. Denver's been all over the map defensively. If you look at their final numbers, it doesn't reflect the fact that like for the last year, the first month, two months of the season, they were the best defensive team. And then the middle two months, they were the worst defensive team. And they mm-hmm. wind up somewhere in the middle. But it works to, to limit Jokic's limitations. You can't do the same thing with Yusuf Nurkic and Enos Kanter. You cannot do this. Their mm-hmm. bigs cannot contain they can't, the big problem is you're putting two on ball, which means the weak side's open. But even then you have to get a contain on the ball handler and guys are just getting the edge on Nurkic. And so he's worried. I saw one versus Steph. He went out too wide, which gave Steph the middle. And then Nurkic is trying to swipe down and steal it from Steph Curry. One of the best handles in NBA history. They're <laughs> undersized at the guard spot. Robert Covington is a good defender when he's surrounded by good defenders, but with the injuries he suffered, not the same dude. There's been problems there. The second unit with Mello and Cantor is a disaster. I'm fading Portland every second quarter in banking because the second unit bleeds. If the starters do wind up winning the first quarter, the second quarter, they're just giving it back every single time. Um, they are not good enough defensively. They're taking a ton of threes. The offense is great, but this is legitimately, I think, up there with the Wolves, the worst defense in the NBA, and they're still getting all of this credit from the bookmakers. Am I taking crazy pills? You're not taking crazy pills at all. I I, I can agree with you there. And actually, my numbers put it at around five. (laughs) So it's like nine is a little little heavy for me. I just think the, the issue with the Bulls is always their injury. You know, they got um, marketing out, Sadoransky. It's just, I think, I think this is one of those games to where, you know, Portland could just, they could outscore them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And we'll see, you know, again, we're going this on Tuesday. You'll, by the time you're hearing this, you'll already be able to make fun of me because the Blazers will put up 130 on the Bulls and beat them by 40 or something. Last segment, we're going to go back to the future. Back to the future. Is there a future that right now in this NBA season you wish you had gotten in on before this moment in time? Because I'll tell you mine as you think about yours. The big one for me is the Suns to win the Pacific Division. You could have gotten really good numbers on that. 
I don't think the Clippers are going to be able, uh, the Clippers are going to re- load manage. They're just not going to gun for a top spot. They're playing great basketball when they're playing great basketball outside of, you know, getting trucked by 50 by the Mavericks. But other than that, they're basically like, they're incredible. The Lakers are just coasting. Like you can just tell the Lakers are like, we're going to win some. We're going to lose some. We're going to win more than we lose. We're going to wind up mm-hmm. at the top four seed. We're probably going to win the title again, but there's no pedal down from the Lakers because they can't based off of that. Um, I didn't see a spot for the Pacific division last year. Last year, I got in on the Lakers and I got the on the Lakers to finish with more wins than the Clippers. I got both those bets and they both cashed. I didn't think the Suns would be this good. I didn't either. But even well, after mean- that Clippers loss, I'm still just like, man, they pulled back into that game. Paul's playing so well. They got so many weapons. Barring an injury with, with Chris Paul is a serious question. Monty Williams has them. They are so well organized on both sides of the basketball with so much talent. If you put organized basketball on both sides with talent and athleticism, you were going to win a ton of games. I legitimately think the Suns might wind up winning the Pacific Division. I'm, I'm, I agree with it. I, I mean, like for me, I'm, I'm really big on defense. And if you, you have one of the best defenses in the league and you can hit the three and you have a bench and you have a floor general and you have a closer, like I watched Devin Booker close out the game against Utah. You know, Utah made a run, but Devin Booker closed it out. And I think, I just think they have everything that you could possibly want. They have wings who could defend and bridges and Crowder. They can hit the three. I love this team. So I'm, I'm not mad at that. I wish I had put that in as well. All right. For me, I think the bet that I wish I had put in was Jokic to win MVP. I think he was like plus um, 3,000. Now he's down to plus 1,300. This guy's almost averaging a triple-double. He's averaging 22 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds. I know the Nuggets aren't doing quite well now, but at some point they're going to turn it around and he's going to be the catalyst behind it. So for me, I wish I had put that in earlier. It's still plus 1,300, which is it's good, but it's not great. But that's one that I wish I had put in. Yeah, it's still good value, though, I think, because the Nuggets are probably going to pull over 500 in the next two weeks, and then that number's going to start dropping. So that, one, that one's got, I think, still good, really good value now. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. That's our big Back to the Future bet. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Action Network podcast. Again, make sure to download our app. It is the fastest way to get all of your up to the second betting information, track all your picks, get our analysis on the daily. Check it out. Download the Action Network app wherever you get your apps. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Helps us out so much. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Matt Moore. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Action Network NBA podcast. We're finished talking.